Okay, folks, have your Bibles open to the book of Revelation. We're back in business, and we're coming at you live tonight. The preaching of Revelation chapter 15. Chapter 15. Now, we are really, literally, at the beginning of the end. That's what chapter 15 sort of marks out for us. The beginning of the end. We have come through chapters 12, 13, and 14, and these are what we call parenthetical. It's not part of the chronology, the step-by-step, moving right along chronology. Instead, we parked the bus back at the uh, end of chapter 11 and beginning of chapter 12. It's like the, the tour guide is now stopped and turned around and is explaining things to us. In chapter 12, we learned about uh, Satan and, and about uh, Israel and bringing forth Jesus and um, also Satan's persecution of Israel. In chapter 13, we learned about the rise of the Antichrist, the rise of the false prophet and the uh, image that uh, the false prophet would bring to life. We learned also about the 666, the mark of the beast as it's known. In chapter 14, we saw again the 144,000 and the victory that they got. And in verse 7 of chapter 14, notice that this angel travels throughout the earth and has a loud voice and, and says, fear God. Now, that's important because these first couple of verses of chapter 15 tie in with that concept. And if we had to put a title to tonight's message, it would be the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. But um, uh, we learn also other things that um, uh, w- were mentioned about the, uh, the, the end of days and the, the reaping process and so on in chapter 14. Well, tonight we're at the beginning of the end. And so the first four verses is what we'll be dealing with. And it deals Uh, It it, it finishes off the parenthetical section and prepares us for the end of the tribulation period. So let's begin, shall we, with a word of prayer and ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have a book of God that tells us the end and instructs us and encourages us and helps us to keep our faith in you. Our Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone That's watching and listening tonight. Lord, I ask that you'd get a hold of their hearts. Lord, I ask that you would instill in them the the knowledge that these are last days in which we find ourselves before the, the rapture, before the coming of Jesus in the clouds to take us home. Help us to live carefully. Father, help me to live carefully. Help us all, every one of us, to know the fear of the Lord. So bless us now as we study in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, look with me. Chapter 15, verse 1. The Apostle Paul wrote, And I saw another sign in heaven. Now when he says another sign, it suggests that there were other signs before this. Now, signs, signs, what are these What are these signs? What is a sign? What does it mean? A sign usually points to something coming, something bigger that's coming. Usually signs are 
uh, important, to give us important information. Now, back in 2004, a hurricane ripped through Florida, and they called it Hurricane Charlie. Hurricane Charlie ended up costing over $5 billion. I think it was $5.5 billion of damage throughout the state of Florida. It was a horrible, horrible experience. People died and people were injured and property damage and so on. But something happened during that hurricane. Very unusual. I've never heard of it happening since, uh, uh, before or since. And uh, I have a picture I want to show you. Now, the hurricane came and blew on a sign. And it blew the front part of the sign off. And underneath the sign was another sign. And it was um, put up there uh, as part of a, a Christian outreach to reach people. And it was, we need to talk, signed God. And the... Uh, the sign company came and put a brand new sign over top of it. But Hurricane Charlie came and ripped that new sign off. And that what you're looking at is a picture, an actual picture taken after the hurricane. And there's the new sign all dilapidated off to the left, hanging down. And the sign underneath it, we need to talk. God. Now, isn't that interesting? That's true. This is not a hoax. That is true. That actually happened. Phenomenal, don't you think? I wonder what God was trying to say. Don't you, don't you think that God is trying to get the attention of people these days? It sure seems that way to me. Now, back in chapter 15, verse 1. John writes, and I saw another sign. The word, the Greek word translated sign, it's a special Greek word. And it occurs several times in this parenthetical section. And the Greek word is simeon. Simeon, that's the Greek word. Now from the Greek word simeon, we get a few English words. One of the words we get is semaphore. Semaphore. You know what semaphore is. We have a picture of that. Put that up, would you please? A picture of the semaphore. And there you see there's a stick man there and he's holding the flags in one position then he changes to another position and then to a third position and by the way in, for those of you who cannot read semaphore what I did was I spelled out the letters of our church GBC that's what that's how you would say it in semaphore holding the flags GBC Grace Baptist Church well that's interesting to know isn't it now you know how to to signal semi semaphore at least a little bit. But uh, that's, that's, what, that's what semaphore is, is the holding of flags. Now, this, this word semaphore comes from the Greek word sema, which means sign, a sign, and phoros, which means to carry, to carry. And so they put it together, and that's how you have semaphore. Now, the Greek word simeon, means a sign, but it can also mean a miracle or a mark. It can mean a wonder or a token of something bigger. Uh, another English word we get from Simeon is semiotics, the English word semiotics. Now that's a strange word, semiotics, and yet it's a medical term because it means the science of interpreting symptoms, symptoms. So for example, if you had a cough, 
<coughs> that would be a thing else, something usually bigger, greater, and bigger. For example, you might have a cough, a cold, or pneumonia. A cough might be a sign of a coming pneumonia, or it could be it could be a sign of COVID nineteen. Sometimes before you can get into uh, to see a, a medical expert, they ask you questions. Do you have any, any headaches, any dizziness, any passing out? Do you have any coughing? You see, these are all symptom signs, what they're looking for if you have COVID-19. If you went to the beach and you got your blanket there and your umbrella and you looked up and right by the beach water there was a post and a sign on it with a big picture of a shark. Now the sign isn't going to hurt you unless Hurricane Charlie knocks it over on your head. But the sign isn't going to hurt you. But it's what's out in the water. That's the thing you need to be afraid of. You jump in that water... In known shark-infested waters, you jump in there at your own peril, your own risk. You may, you may get in and get out just fine, but you might die. And the sign has been put up, giving people fair warning that on this beach, sharks have been observed. Word to the wise. And so, when we talk about signs, we're talking about some sort of warning that something is coming, something greater, something bigger, something you need to know. And that's the idea here. Now, in the Bible, a sign was normally always meant to represent that something big was on its way. And I want to give you a couple of examples of this. You needn't turn there, but I'll read them for you. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 30, the Lord Jesus said, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That's not the rapture. That's the end of the seven-year tribulation. When all of the nations are gathered together in Armageddon for to try and destroy the Jews, Earth's population will have dwindled way, way down. We currently sit at 7.7, .7, something like that, give or take, billion people. Well, my guess only, my opinion only, but the population at the end of the tribulation may only be just a couple hundred million people. That may be all that's left on planet Earth. You see, the plagues have devastated the planet. And billions, capital B for billions, billions of people have died. And there's really, comparatively, not many people left. But they still come, the armies of the world. Now perhaps there's more than a couple of hundred million, perhaps. I doubt it, but perhaps. And they gather together there for the Wipe out the Jews because they feel if they can just kill the Jews, all their problems will be solved. Isn't that foolish? But yet that's what Satan has put into the hearts and minds of people. Satan sure puts a lot of crazy things into people's minds, don't you think? And so right at that end time, that's when Jesus comes back 
And that's what he's referring to in Matthew 24, verse 30. The sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And they're going to see that. All of the people left alive are going to see that. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 48, speaks of when Jesus was in the garden. Judas had gone off to get himself a band of cutthroats and come and betray Jesus. And in verse 48, it says, Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss. That was the sign. Judas was to come leading this band of cutthroats, these armed guards, and he was to come up to Jesus and give him a kiss on a cheek. That was the sign. He said, whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. And so the kiss was a sign. It signaled who Jesus was. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 11, it says, and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe. Now, this is referring to Abraham. Though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. Circumcision signaled the righteousness of God through faith. Circumcision was not the means of salvation. It never has been, never will be. Circumcision signaled the righteousness of God through faith. That's what it was all about. It was a sign. Now, let's do this. Let's go back to chapter 12 of Revelation. And let's quickly look at a couple of signs. This is important, folks. Otherwise, I wouldn't belabor the situation. Chapter 12 and verse number 1. Now, this is beginning at the parenthetical section that I, I told you about. Now, there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars and here you have here you have a woman who is who is a sign that represents the history of Israel this woman can be no other unless of course you really bend your imagination uh, some people think that it was Mary Baker Eddy of of the Christian science which is neither Christian nor scientific. You have to really, you know, bend and twist your imagination to come up with some of these things. Some people have applied that to themselves. But this can be none other than the nation Israel. And so we have Israel here. The woman is a sign representing something bigger, representing Israel. In verse 3, And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And here you've got a dragon, which is like a sign representing Satan, the history of Satan. And so we've got two signs now. Look at chapter 13. Look at verse 13, please. Ah, let's see now. We're talking here about the Antichrist and the false prophet. And here we have the rise of the false prophet in verse 11. Verse 13, And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. 
saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. So the beast is the Antichrist, which had the wound. He was killed at the halfway point of the tribulation, came back to life a few days later, perhaps. And here he is. And the false prophet makes an image, a statue of some sort. And then, of course, in verse 15, gives it life so that it can speak and cause certain people to be put to death. But verses 13 and 14, these miracles are signs that represent the uh, power of the false prophet. We go to chapter 15, verse 1, our text here this evening. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. The seven angels are a sign of the end of the tribulation. A sign of the end of the tribulation. That's where we're at here, folks. The beginning of the end. That's why this is very important now. Look here. And I saw another sign in heaven. Look at the next three words. Adjectives. Great and marvelous. Great refers to the size and magnitude of the plagues that were to come. Great is a term used in relation to something that we might call normal. If this is normal, this would be great. If this is normal here, then this would be great. You get the idea. And then it's called marvelous, meaning surprising, meaning astonishing. All this means that the last half of the seven-year tribulation will be far, far worse than the first half. I have a friend, a good friend who owns a tailor shop. The man is an excellent tailor. Best in town, I think. I like the man. He doesn't yet know the Lord as his Savior, and I've been trying to encourage him every time I talk to him, and I was talking to him today. Out of the blue, in the phone conversation, he asked me if COVID-19 is found in the Bible. Have you heard this? Some people are saying that COVID-19 was predicted in the Bible. And he asked me, because he knows I'm a pastor. And I said to him, no, this specific COVID-19 is not mentioned in the Bible. However, things of this magnitude are mentioned in the Bible. And I told him, it's going to get worse. And so I can hardly wait to get in and see my friend and see if he's interested in a little more of what the Bible has to say. Well, now, this very next phrase is very important. It says here in verse 1 that the, this sign, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, here it is, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. The seven last plagues logically mean that there were other plagues before them. That's in the first half of the tribulation. And yes, there were. How do we know? Go back to chapter 9. Look at chapter 9 and verse 20. Now this is in the first half of the tribulation. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues. Now the plagues were meant as like a wake-up call to the earth. 
So they were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Ah, beloved, we live in a city. It's a nice city. I love Surrey. But we've got a lot of idol worship going on in this city. You can go into thousands of homes in this city and they have little idols and statues. They burn incense to them. I knew a man once. He gave me a ride home. He was a friend of mine and he was of a, an East Indian, Indian type of religion. And he had a picture hanging from his rearview mirror of a man. I said, who's this man? He said to me, that's my God. Some people worship the almighty dollar. Now these last seven plagues complete the wrath of God upon earth. Now this means that the previous plagues began the wrath. Don't miss this. This is important. You need to know this. Don't miss it. End of verse 15. For in them is filled up the wrath of God. Filling up the wrath of God means the completion of the wrath. So where did the wrath begin? The wrath began at the beginning of the tribulation. You see, the whole seven years is the wrath of God, not just the last three and a half years. There are some Christians that have made what I believe is a serious mistake in their theology, thinking that the rapture will happen at the midway point of the tribulation. Because they say, well, the last half is called great tribulation. That's where the wrath is. The first half, there's, there's no wrath. Oh, study it carefully, beloved. You're missing it because there is wrath. I'll tell you what, this COVID-19 thing and these Hurricane Charlies, these things are designed of God to get people's attention and to wake them up. Back in 2001, we had 9-11 in September the 11th when the terrorists tried their attack on America. And for a couple of weeks after, the churches were filled up. People attended church. But it only lasted for a couple of weeks. And then they all went away. People hardened their hearts. They get used to it. Oh, God is long-suffering and merciful, and he's still holding his hands out to people today. Listen to me, beloved. If you're watching and you're not born again, you need to get saved before it's too late. If you're saved and you're not living for the Lord, you need to repent and start living for Jesus now before it's too late. This is a message we have here in context. We're talking about the fear of the Lord. So this means these seven plagues that complete the wrath of God, it means the previous plagues began the wrath of God. And I'm here to tell you the good news is the church will not go through the seven years tribulation. Hallelujah. Because Romans chapter 5 verse 9 says we have not been appointed under wrath. That's the wrath of God in the tribulation. God is not appointed his church, to go through that. Some people think the church will go through the tribulation for purging. Well, why should the church, you know, get off scot-free, as they say? Hey, I guess we can't say that these days. huh? That's probably someone considers that a racist term or something like that. You can't say anything anymore without getting accused of, of something. But I can say this. The church 
is going to be raptured out. Jesus is coming back any day. Beloved, are you ready? Hallelujah. Now, verses 2 and 3. Certain ones, certain ones in the last half of the tribulation get victory. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on a sea of glass having harps of God. This can only happen at the end of the tribulation because the mark doesn't come until the second half begins. Verse 3, And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Again, this scene can only happen at the very end of the tribulation. But who are these people? These are pretty much people who got saved in the tribulation and paid for it with their lives. They died. That's why if you're watching this broadcast, you need to get saved tonight. We don't know when Jesus is coming. He may come at midnight tonight. If he does, you're in the tribulation, my friend. The only way out is to trust Jesus and pay for it with your life. Verse 4. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord? There we go. There's the theme of this message tonight. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy for all nations. That's the Gentiles. For all nations shall come and worship before thee. That's going to happen in the millennial kingdom. For thy judgments are made manifest. So, these judgments, thy judgments are made manifest. There's the seven-year tribulation. Israel will get saved because of the tribulation time. When God judges sin in our lives, he knows what he's doing. It's because he loves us. He loves us. That's why God judges sin in my life, because he loves me. I have learned that when God chastens a Christian, it's only to make him better. God has chastened me many times in the 45 years I've been saved. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, he's not finished with me yet. He still has a ways to go with the likes of me. I want to tell you a humorous story about Olga. Olga was a young lady who worked in a circus. And it was her job to stand against this wooden background while a man threw knives at her. And this was her job, and she stood there against this wooden background as the knife thrower threw his knives. And the audience stood there aghast, holding their breath until it was over, and they applauded thunderously. Well, this one particular night, as the knife thrower was plunging the knives just an inch Beside her head, an inch away from her arm, a few inches perhaps under her arm, all of a sudden Olga let out a huge shriek. The audience thought she'd been hit by a knife. But very soon they could see she was all right. Well, later in the dressing room, the knife thrower came up to Olga and said, Olga, honey, what happened? And she said, I thought I could feel a spider crawl up my leg and I'm afraid of spiders. 
<laughs> you know, sometimes God has to bring a little fear into our lives. You may be living dangerously, my friend. God has to bring a little fear into your life and into my life to teach us that he loves us. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 2, verses 1 to 5, teach us this. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord. And Proverbs 28, 14, happy is the man that feareth alway. This is the beginning of the end, my friends. We're going to have a word of prayer in your heart. Would you crown him king of kings again? In your heart, would you glorify God? Dear loving Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone who's watching this message. <clears throat> I pray that you'd please work in every heart. Father, and bring a great chorus of praise and glory and honor and joy to your holy, wonderful name, Lord. Help your people to truly fear your name. We love you, Lord. Please bless the offering time now. Help us to give as unto the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Folks, would you, would you give something to God tonight? Would you go to the offering page and make a donation? Would you do that? Would you honor the Lord? That will greatly help us as a church. Would you do that now? God bless you as you do.